Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tap. This week is an Australian artist coming in hot, Shed Quarter Creations. Specializes in taking Lego weapons and blowing up to a 1-8 scale. And they are so damn sick. If you want a little bit more from Toys on Tap, you can follow, like, subscribe, anywhere you have your podcast. We would love that. It costs you nothing, means the world for us. Also, if you want to follow us on social medias, Toys on Tap on all social medias. And if you want a little bit more, you can jump on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Toys on Tap. Now tune in to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Good, good. It's good to get you on. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm smashing the uh, early morning coffee. Dude, perfect. I, uh, you know, figuring out uh, like time with the artists that are in Australia is so tough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The 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 fact that we're so far ahead in the future is ridiculous. Yeah. What time? It's what eighteen hours ahead. We decided. Yeah, so it's eight eight a.m. here. Oh my gosh! And you're just jumping on to start your day the right way. Yeah, exactly. I think that's better. The camera was doing some weird, weird bits there. Oh, we're golden. I was gonna let it. Oh, oh, it is going crazy. Is it working? I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, I'm glad I'm recording it because I'm gonna use <laughs> this for straight up promotion. <laughs> The joys, the, the the joys of cameras, and then trying to get them to connect correctly. Yeah, holy moly! I I, I nicked I nicked the the wife's um desktop setup for working from home. Yeah, how's that? That better? There we go. There we go. That looks better. Um, so yeah, the uh, the the kids have just run off to to school. So and now it's me. Love it. Also, do you see the camera going doing what it's doing now? That's doing crazy now. You, you, you know the worrying thing? I work in IT, so you'd think I'd have this sorted. <laughs> I could tell you this is my favorite right now. It is so sick. It's ridiculous. I love it. And you're also the only one that this has ever happened to me with, that kind of stuff. Um, but, dude, I'm so stoked that you're on. Uh, oh, we're back. We're back. I've just pulled it. I was. I don't know if it's a weird connection thing that's doing. Oh. No, it's- deciding to have an actual hernia <laughs> yeah hey, <laughs> this is so sick so i'm glad that you came on uh i'm glad i you know i've been super into getting um a lot of the australian makers on i've had titty beans on i've had this is not a toy store so i'm stoked to get you on as well yeah mate the the having having titty on early on oh into your stuff and then him talking about the shop and then getting the shop boys in is so good. And I've had the luck of going down to the shop once now. Um, and I can't wait to get down to Melbourne to, to check out the new, the new store. Cause they've just moved locations. Yeah. Um, set up a whole new spot with an actual gallery space upstairs and workspaces out the back so they can run all their bits and pieces. So yeah. Is the new store closer to you or further away? It's still further away. So I, I'm in Brisbane and they're in Melbourne. So we're like a three hour flight sort of away, two and a half sort of hour flight away. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, which 
it, it doesn't sound like a far way, but to to get down to Melbourne is bloody expensive from from Brisbane. So I mean, yeah, I think, and the weather conditions are just ridiculously so different between there and here. Yeah, you know, here stateside, like we don't understand how big Australia really is, and it's yeah. it, like um, I have friends that has family in like uh, Wollongong. Mm-hmm. And then he also has friend or family in Perth and in Sydney. And I was like, "Oh, awesome! For like one trip, do you just drive to all three? Yeah. You and Perth, Perth is just like even even Perth to us is just crazy. Yeah, like, is it like the stop? Um, this could be a dumb question. Is Australia almost the size of the U.S.? Like it's like that getting across it. It's yeah, it's pretty nuts. So to yeah. get to Perth, like my son goes, oh, dad, let's go to the cricket in Perth because the final's on and Brisbane's playing. Let's go. Like, yeah. I made it so expensive. He goes, let's drive. I go, mate, it would be three days of just constant driving. <laughs> We're still <laughs> like, I'm the only one that can drive, mate. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy too is like you look at the... um I, don't, I mean, we're doing geography now. You look at the map of Australia, and it looks like you got these major cities just around the border of Australia. Yep. Is it just dead space in between? It's not dead space, but it's pretty it's pretty rough out there. So yeah. Alice, Alice Springs is your largest central um, city. Mm-hmm. Um, so not too far from the likes of all of the major outback sort of um, spots to go see like Uluru and all those sorts of things. Uluru is still like three hours or something from Alice. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's, there's remote communities in and out there, a lot of farming or sort of stuff, um, a lot of sheep grazing and then cow grazing all through that pretty, pretty arid sort of country. But yeah, it's, it, once, once you go a couple of hours inland, she, she, she gets pretty harsh. Uh, before we get any further, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Yeah, so I'm Shed Quarter Creations, or Scott, um, also known online as Shed, because um, as all us Aussies like to do, we shorten everything. Um, I am a maker out of Brisbane and previously done a lot of prop and costume sort of stuff, but have transitioned into more of the uh, bootleg toy sort of thing and make upscaled Lego. So instead of just the general small Lego, my stuff's eight times bigger, so eight to one scale. So. Yeah, a little, little closer to more human like for for a good laugh, and uh, which is insane. We're gonna spend so much time talking about those Legos for sure, because um, you're constantly working on new ones, right? Like it, yeah. it's it's crazy. I have the sword, the sword. It's like a dense piece of resin, which is super cool. Um, but before we get there, um, I'm always interested in how people start doing this stuff, or like how it all starts when we're kids. So walk me back. Tell me about you when you're a kid, the kind of toys that you have, if you have any, I mean, growing up in Australia, you guys might've had different toys. What's all that like? Yeah, it's interesting. Australia, especially back. So I'm an 81 baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in Australia, we were always until, until probably the nineties, later in the nineties, we were really late in getting even some of the movies into the stores, let alone the actual toys. Yeah. So getting, getting, getting TV shows really late on, um, like Masters of the Universe, plenty yeah. of He-Man, all that sort of stuff. But my brother's four years younger, so I had access to a lot of his stuff. So early Star Wars Kenner toys, we had, we had a whole bunch of those. I've still got a couple of those bits and pieces. I was the hoarder of the three of us as kids <laughs> that managed to keep 
a few of the toys before yeah. mum threw them all out. We had like we each had like three milk cartons that we used to like milk crate sort of things that we used to keep our toys in. And every year mum would try and like remove one of those from our room. Every every year we got older, it was like so there'd be less toys. Yeah. And so I just I was just hoarding them underneath the underneath of the cupboard so she couldn't find some of the bits and pieces. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds but about yeah, between right. The Star Wars Kenner, Masters of the Universe, and then Lego. My brother and I lived in Lego. We yeah. We had so much Lego in his room. He had this perfect little compartment under his bed that was just made for storing all the Lego. Mm-hmm. Our two cousins would come over for um, Christmas holidays because they lived in another state, and we would just be playing Lego. And then when it was cooler, we'd go out and play cricket outside, and then we'd be straight back into the Lego. And, yeah, it, every weekend we were making something or my brother usually – giving us the good old stress test of whatever we'd make a Lego, he'd put it on top of the cupboard and push it off. And if mine didn't creation didn't survive, then I didn't make it well enough. So <laughs> he was, he was a harsh Lego builder, but yeah. Um, yeah, we just lived in Lego. Which is, which is so cool. I mean, um, as far as action figures looking now that you're on this side of it and looking back um, and the internet is so damn good. Now, do you look back and say like, Oh, I couldn't get some of those toys. Some of them didn't even release here. Yeah, there's some things I go, I've never even seen that toy. Like yeah. this there's, there's ones that I go, whoa, that that, that would have been cool, but no. And then it's interesting seeing some of the now now with the internet and the different shows on Netflix and that you go, Oh, I did have that toy. Yeah. I had no idea what that was related to. Um, I still have a few toys where I go, There's there'll be a show somewhere that that's related to that I've never seen, but we got the figures, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um and like you you had the Indiana Jones sort of stuff the other day. We had Indiana Jones with his whipping out and the, and the, the henchman guy with his big trench coat. Yeah. We had that just randomly. And at, at my age of like eight, I had no idea what that film was. <laughs> 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 what we had with this guy with his burn up hand and his jacket that looked great on a return of the Jedi Luke as well. It was, it was a bit very, very dapper looking Luke Skywalker, but <laughs> yeah, that's so dope. I always like, I wish that there was a way when we were kids to figure this out, but it wasn't in the forefront of our brains. Like there are places all over the world where like um, either whole toy lines or some toys didn't get released. Uh, I was talking to um, battle babies and he was talking about his wife wanted this one man. I can't remember the toy, but instead of like a tiger or cat print, it had a cat face on the like uniform. And it got released in Europe, and so it was like never got released in the U.S. So it was pretty cool. Well, that was the interesting thing with the Star Wars release back in um, for Australia. Yeah. Back in the the eighties, there, the the cards and the figs that were coming across here that were getting made in Asia were coming over with different figs to different card backs, so they mm. weren't matching. So they're highly collectible. Some of those, if if people manage to keep these unmatched um, pieces up, and I think we ended ended up getting some weird some weird aliens that didn't necessarily release all over the other places. So yeah. they were almost bootleg like versions of the legitimate Canada. Yeah. So are you, so. do you find yourself in this collecting mode now with, cause you have so like, that's a crazy thing to collect, right? Like card backs that don't go with figures. That's a yeah. collection. Yeah. So what do you find yourself collecting now? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because being in Australia, mm-hmm. getting the postage, as you know, is absolute crazy so yeah 
I have to really go, yeah, cool. I, I need that thing because there's so many things I would happily have. But yeah. you end up, I, I reckon my collection would be more of the postage boxes and the value <laughs> that was spent on those than, yeah. than, than, than the actual items bought. But I, I, I love my Star Wars stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So my most recent pickup was um, Kerfloss's um, Bounty Buddies. Yep. So he, he had a few of those leftover. I think it was from Decon or some other some other bits and pieces that he had. So he had one of those. And I was like, first two minutes of that thing releasing, like, I'm not missing those. Those I need those. So yeah. I've got a cabinet in the dining room that's got um, a Boba Fett helmet, full-size helmet that I made um, out of paper mache we can we can cover at another stage awesome but, um i've got a whole bunch of boba fett stuff that i'm putting in there so I'd, I'd like to have a bit more of a boba fett collection there but i think the bounty buddies will, will sit nicely in around those as well but um yeah it anything that sort of reminds me of sort of childhood sort of stuff yep gotta, yeah. gotta try and get my hands on that and then yeah the, it's hard to pass up on star wars stuff yeah you know um i because Star Wars stuff is so readily available everywhere, I've gotten it to this point where um, for Star Wars, like I really have to love it and I really have to like have never seen it. So um, uh, Ewoks, I mean, one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. I don't know why, um, but Vomiting Droids makes mm-hmm. Ewoks and whenever they release – if he allows it, I'll swoop in and get all of them because yeah. it's like those I, – I, I don't know what it is about his work and what, what it speaks. I don't know. But I absolutely love it. And then um, – but I find myself collecting bootlegs of Star Wars that I've never seen before or um, at the moment um, just collecting the things that like I remember having as a kid but now I can get it like – um earthworm jim i don't know if you oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so earthworm jim some of these toy lines that came out only had like 10 figures and now you can get each figure fully carded in like mint on card for like 40 bucks and so i'm getting like acrylic cases and just finding the weird ones because i love those way more um but yeah i i fully get there's someone have you ever interacted with barrio boba yeah 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 dude the craziest Boba Fett collection. Yeah. Yeah. So I've looked at that with his Perspex box and teeth. It's like, oh my God, that is amazing. Yeah. Him, he, yeah. I mean, he's got some Polish bootlegs of uh, Boba Fett and just the amount of knowledge that he has on that figure and character is just so insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, which is dope. I'm glad that you're collecting, but do you find yourself collecting more of the, I mean, like commercial toys or more of the like bootleg designer toys that we all create. The only commercial toys I'm buying these days are for my kids because they go, cool, dad, I want that thing. Yeah. And even now that they've been into the store in Melbourne for um, this is not a toy store, they're like, no, I want that thing. And they both they both walk in and go, I want that toy, dad. I want that thing. I go, it's not really a toy. It's more of an art piece. They go, yeah, but I want that. And yeah. so, which is awesome that, that they can see the value in that thing. They get excited. Whenever there's a customs that's come in for, for this is not a toy store, they're like, oh, what are we? What are you going to make, Dad? Can I? Can I do the next one? They want to get involved with it too. So, yeah, yeah. The only the only commercial toys are those, and then the stuff that I've kept as a kid. So I've still got my um, Return of the Jedi exploding speeder, which, love it. Um, which is 
it still works amazingly that the spring still goes on that thing, but usually it's got wickets the mm. Ewoks sit on it because it, it was a weird fig to have as a kid. He's like nerdy as that that little wicket, but it is it is a solid little fig. It's completely different. The only yeah. the, the worst of them was um Num Num, the guy with the big big rolled lips. Yeah, I had that figure, and I copped a lot of grief from my brother. But I I wish I still had that guy <laughs> still out there because. There can't be too many that survived the eighties with that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I loved uh that speeder, which is dope. And I'm it's crazy that you kept are there any others that you kept, or is that like the main one? That's the only the only vehicle other than a very bashed up um Spider-Man motorbike that we had. Okay. Weirdly, but figure of the actual vehicles, there's nothing left other than yeah, we've got Luke, we've got a one-legged yeah. snow trooper. Um, a Chewbacca, a C-3PO, the, the original C-3PO that is now just, there's barely any silvery gold on him anymore. It's, yeah. He's, he's, he probably got sucked on so much as a kid as well as little, let alone, let alone played with. <laughs> it had, it had to survive three of us kids that are six years apart across each other. So yeah. But yeah. Which is crazy. So I'm assuming your mom won at some point and started getting rid of bins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't keep everything. That being said, like credit credit to mum and dad because not one piece of Lego has disappeared from the, our original set of Lego unless it went up the vacuum cleaner. Everything yeah. else is there, um, which is pretty cool. Like now, now with the internet, you can just search up all of the all of the manuals for all these and try and sort through it and build these things. So a couple of years ago, I made the original yellow castle with my son over an Easter break. So we found all the pieces, put it all together. Yeah, there was only like two pieces that were broken. And just to see it put together for the first time in probably 30 years was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like the original space, the space shuttles. It's like, that's crazy. They still hold up. This, this, the Lego bricks from when we were kids to now are still amazing. Yeah, they're yeah. a little bit faded in some of them and the stickers have rolled off. But the fact that they're still functional and that you can make make those same things that you haven't seen for so long and jog memories and go, Oh, wait a minute. We had such and such and yeah. And build that, build that model as well. So it's good fun. Which is so dope. You know, uh, there's an app now, um, Man, I don't know what the app is actually called, but you take your smartphone, you... We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Roll out your pile of Legos and you open your camera and it'll tell you what you can make based off of the fi- the pieces that you have. Yeah, it's that's crazy. The fact that they can they read those bits and pieces and just go, "Cool, do this." Yeah, and it's like I've seen some of them where it's like, "Oh, you can build this like super simplistic elephant, which is whatever." But like, I'm waiting for someone to do it and then be like, "You can build the Death Star." Now I'll start building. Well, we we went. We've got a um. Oh, there's a brick convention that happens every every long weekend in October here. Um, with all the funds going to to children's hospital, but they have people's builds that you can submit that you want to put through these massive mocks or just the individual piece that you've done. And they had 
they had some people there that had basically sourced just random colored Lego and they'd build them full-size Millennium Falcon. So you've got mm. this like rainbow colored Millennium Falcon with mismatched colored bricks. But you know what? I reckon it looks more impressive than just a whole gray Millennium Falcon because yeah. this thing had just, it just had so much character. And so, someone so had done sick. it to a full-on Star Destroyer and it's like, oh my God, you just, yeah. just source all these different colored bricks. And it's completely different, but. I mean, the fact that people buy individual bricks for a crazy amount of money, like part of that convention is out the back in the bins, people sorting through and they're buying individual pieces. And like one single piece can be worth a couple of dollars just for that one piece that yeah. goes into a model that gets hidden away is crazy. Yeah. there, And I think the minifigures are so expensive sometimes. Yeah. Because it came out in walking. one set or something. Yep. Yeah. Between Which is that and the goat. Crazy. Yeah, I and which is like I mean, there's a collector's marker for everything, and I love yeah. it. So, um, and then you made mention of a paper mache Boba Fett helmet. So that means at some point between being a kid, getting rid of your toys and not your Legos, and then now you had some art in there, right? Like you either were an artist, you did something. Yeah, bizarrely, no. So oh, okay. I went through I went through primary school and high school as just doing the normal, except in high school, I wanted to do woodwork. I liked doing a bit of woodworking. So I did that until about year 10. Mm-hmm. And then year 11 and 12, changed schools, decided, you know what, I'd, I'm going to work on IT. That's going to be my career sort of stuff. A few, few learning difficulties with dyslexia back as a kid. So finally got that sorted by like 15. I went, all right, cool. Let's Let's do that. Otherwise, I just liked being different, thinking outside of the box. Like our woodworking assignment for year seven was, cool, you're going to make a pencil case and your pencil case is going to be rectangular and it's going to be this shape. And I went, that's stupid. Why? They're all going to look the same. I'm going to make a square one. So I made a square one, which looked awesome, except because it was square, it couldn't fit a pencil in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost marks because it couldn't be a pencil. I go, well, why does this thing have to hold pencils? We can put, I can put anything in here. So yeah. it became just sort of the knickknacks box, but. I like to think out outside of the norm, not do what everyone else is doing, which is probably the dyslexic in me. And then through sort of through sort of the early years of university and that, it was just me playing football. That was that's my thing is sport. I love I love all sports, but mm-hmm. particularly soccer, football. But um started started in IT and liked photography, so that became my creative outlet. So I was doing photography and sort of landscapes and sort of um, still life sort of stuff, as well as some commercial sort of stuff on the side, which was good and it was keeping me busy and entertained for that creative side of things that I think yeah. I needed. And then kids came along and then kids sort of stopped me taking photos because no, no, no new parent wants to get up and take photos of the sunrise because they didn't get any sleep the previous <laughs> night. So that sort of fell by the wayside and it was annoying me. I was getting frustrated because I wasn't having that creative outlet. And then um, I remember watching um, the Banksy film, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Hell yeah. I'd seen it, I'd seen it the first time oh, years beforehand and went, oh yeah, cool. And then I rewatched it for some reason and went, you know what, I, I should do I should do something like that. I should do some street art style stuff. And like, other other than painting something with a, a can, there's no way I'm going to paint a wall. So maybe I could do a installation of some type. So I thought, you know what I should do? I should make massive Lego minifigs and just position them in and around the city. And then people can walk off with them if they want. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. But this stage, I had no idea how to do that. So I decided, all right, cool. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to research how to do this. So I ended up, Ended up going down a rabbit hole of prop making via um, 
oh, there's an amazing channel, Punished Props, who teach mm-hmm. people how to make amazing props, how to finish them, how to make costumes. Their YouTube channel is huge, and it's got a heap of stuff on on casting and um, molding and sort of stuff. That's where I've learned a lot of my bits and pieces for that. And I was thinking about making them with foam, and because I've gone down this rabbit hole of making these Lego things, eventually I just started making props and costumes. And so that's sort of the whole, oh, yeah, I want to make big minifigs. Mm-hmm. sort of went to the side because I didn't have the skill set to do that yet. And I didn't have a 3D printer at that stage. So it was like, all right, cool. Let's let's learn how to do all these other skills. And three three years later, here I am making costumes for myself, costumes for other people and props for other people. And eventually I buy a 3D printer and I looked at my 3D printer and I went, cool, I could 3D print Lego now, but I need to model these Lego pieces because you can't just grab a small piece of Lego, scan it, something that size, and actually yeah. get it to, to print out as needed. So I need to teach myself how to 3D model. So it was 2016, I think, was when I first initially started playing with the idea of making these Lego things extra big. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially I started, I was going to go, yeah, cool, we're going to go 16 times bigger, which becomes a little bit yeah. too, Holy too big. Just a little bit, because this thing's like twenty-five inches long. Yeah, like How, what's the inches. what's that made out of? So this is just a straight three D print that I've then just finished to a crazy level. So I've sanded and I've bogged it. So it's printed in like five different sections that I've then joined together. It looks so good, man. Yeah, and and, and this is this is my keeper because there's there's no way I was gonna ever gonna be able to ship this thing anywhere, let alone let alone overseas because yeah. it's just so big and i was like cool i'll, I'll rotocast that and then backfill it with um like an expanding foam mm-hmm. and then that will reduce the weight but the physical size is just going to be too cumbersome um and so i'd been basically just going down the whole costume route making some crazy costumes like a samurai darth vader made out of vinyl records yeah um, and boba fett made out of completely recycled materials um and a conqueror from um uh, for honor the mm-hmm. computer game so making that all out of recycled materials because the local store here reverse garbage they basically sell industrial discards and other people's discards that you can reuse as you want it's an amazing shop like i think they've been in operation for like 25 30 years or something it's crazy but you walk in there and you can walk out with some crazy materials to try and blend together and they did a costume competition every year mm-hmm with a big fashion show. So that's where I made those three costumes and sort of, I, I dif- disappeared from thinking about trying to make this upscaled Lego and then COVID came. Yeah. And that just killed conventions that killed costumes that killed people wanting to get props made. So I went cool. And I looked in, I looked in the, <laughs> the shelf of un, unfinished projects. So I, I see the big sword looking back at me and goes, Hey, come, come, come spend your afternoons where you don't have to commute to work, working on me again. It's like, all right, yeah. cool. Cause the level of perfection that I wanted to get with these was a, a little bit, a little bit too much. But, um, so I started working and I went, all right, cool. This is, this is awesome. And then happened across, um, Jessica Emmett who's an um, amazing toy designer out of um, Singapore. Mm-hmm. And I saw her things with molding and casting and, and, and these toys that she was making, the designer toys. And then next minute, I happened across um, the creative discussions and seeing all those bits and seeing all these people, I went, whoa, this, 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 is, this is pretty much my wheelhouse because a lot of the prop makers were looking at me this Lego stuff going, yeah, sure, whatever, man. Like, yeah. Because wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't replicating 
the average thing. I wasn't making the Star Wars gun you'd just seen on whatever show. I wasn't making a costume that they could say was from a game. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. So it didn't quite fit. And But when I found found this the hidden world of toy makers, I was like, oh, my God, these guys get it. This is, this yeah. is, <laughs> this is the thing. This this is where it's at. So yeah. next minute I went, all right, cool. I, I need to rethink these swords and, and, and shields and make them at a, a size that – a size that's more um, approachable to sense, hence the eight to one scale sort of went, all right, cool. Let's cut the 16 in half and make it eight, which sort of sits sits in three fingers of your hand pretty well. That And they're weighty enough to, to feel, I feel like an object. Um, yeah. And it's amazing how well Lego from that size up size actually holds detail so well. Like it actually looks, it looks right, even at that yeah. scale. Well, and like, I think what's crazy is that like, you are you you see you're creating then you see this toy community and you're like let's do this i want to do that and then uh like even when you look now you're one of the only or the only one that works with lego that does this kind of stuff it's surprising like there's a lot of guys um i've seen plenty of people that make the mini figs they 3d print it completely on their 3d printer yeah fdm printer and they're selling selling a full complete figure that they're then either slightly painting up or they're setting the 3d so that they can press in the different colored filament sort of stuff and there's plenty of those and there's actually two two very good guys out of australia that are doing that and i saw that and i go that's cool but I want mine to look like it's an actual piece of Lego that is smooth and you can run your hands like, like a Lego brick is just so yeah. shiny. I want that feeling. I don't want, I have nothing against seeing layer lines and things, but I just, my thing, I want to be just clean and look yeah. like it's, it's gone through some weird eighties, honey, I blew up the Lego sort of movie style. And yeah. Yeah. Have that, have that feeling um, of nostalgia with, with that piece. Cause those those Lego castles as a kid, that's what we played with mostly between that and the space. Um, and eventually when my brother got old enough that he didn't want to play with the Lego and I had my Pirates gear, hence the the new push for trying to get some of the Pirates sort of um, minifig sort of stuff done. Yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised more people aren't looking at the Lego and going, cool, let's, let's, let's go. But hey, I'm happy to take that market for a moment. There you go. <laughs> to come into a community and immediately have a niche is it's astounding, right? Like you already yeah. have solidified your corner and it's awesome. Uh, when it comes to, and and it wasn't like you did something and everyone looked at it and was like, oh, that's whatever. No, you did something and we all wanted it. Yeah. And so it's like now um, you didn't stop and you pushed forward and now you're creating, you did create the shield. Yep. And now you're creating the gun. Yeah. And I like, what it's really tough to ask like there's really no stopping then right like there's endless weapons there's all kinds of stuff yeah and i mean the the slow point was trying to learn how to model the stuff so mm-hmm. i don't the last time i'd played with 3d um rendering of images and sort of stuff was back in oh the early 2000s and you used to have to hit render on your computer and then you'd wait five six hours to come back to see what it looked like because you'd just been working in some very very poor poly sort of stuff and now the fact that you can work so quickly now with stuff but i had to learn how to use fusion 360 and blender to try and get um get the finish that i wanted and the sizes because i sit there with digital calipers on this little lego piece and i measure i call that that size and this size and document that down and draw it out and then try and replicate that in a program 
that like fusion that doesn't really like organic shapes and lego has that sort of in between of mechanical to organic yeah um and so learning all that has been like a stumbling block to get there for the different pieces but only in the last year and a half now i can sit down and i can grab a piece of lego and i can model it up pretty well within sort of an hour i can have it done all right, all right cool so which is nice some of the more complex shapes like when i try and think about minifig hair that's going to be an absolute nightmare but the minifig accessories are all now now that i know sort of the measurements like they're seeing in my head now i can tell you the exact width of the hands that they're meant to be um, all the grip pieces so the fact that i had that details now i can jump in and build those skills and most of the lego is building off all of those pieces so yeah yeah which i do um we you mentioned the big lego guys like i do own one of those it's probably like Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. I don't know, 12 inches, 14 yep. inches. It's pretty big. Um, and I got one of the skeleton ones and one of the droid ones from uh, Phantom Menace. And um, I gave I don't I got I got him, gave him away. I don't know. But and they they didn't have that smooth finish that you're talking about. Yeah. They all have the lines, they all have the which is fine, but to get to that smooth finish, walk me through that. How many hours yeah. are you spending? So you you know the crazy thing is when create the creative discussions happen and I went, all right, cool, let's let's make this sort eight to one. I made it and I was like, yes, this is amazing. And I'd left it in my shed while I'm working on it. I'm coming back and sanding it. I come back and I go, oh, this thing looks amazing. And I went, all right, cool. I guess I should try and think about how I'm going to mold this thing. And I looked at it for a second. I went, wait a minute. It's warped. Oh. <laughs> the heat in my shed because I'd use PLA. Um, as my printing filament and um, it hates heat and it, in Australia in my shed it can get ridiculously hot at times yeah. and this thing had warped and it had, it had tilted left I went that's Great. bugging me I'm going to start again so I started again not only did I start again but I decided you know what those little inaccuracies I didn't like on the edge of the baubles I'm going to remodel the whole thing so I I still got it out in the shed sitting there but all right, cool. We're going to do this properly. But then I th thought about it. All right, cool. How am I going to model this? How am I going to make this um, so much easier? So I thought about at that stage, the molding process to go, all right, cool. So like on the sword, the very bottom little um, round nub is actually cast separate. And I glue that onto the sword so that I can plug where my pore spout is and reduce all my all my lines of where the, where the, um, the joins are on the cut mold. And so I thought, all right, cool. Let's 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 attack this with how I'm going to mold it because I can reduce the work I have to do later if I do it that way. So I printed it out. Lucky enough for the eight to one size, more of the smaller parts can fit. I cut it into like all those extra balls on the ends. I printed those individually, and I finished one of those, and I cast it up, and then I joined it to the bigger model so that they're exactly the same. Nope. They're smooth. So I like to actually one of the hacks I do for a lot of the round stuff is. I'll put a core of like a eight millimeter rod through the middle of it and I'll stick a metal rod through it and I'll attach that to my drill. 
And so now I can actually spin that round piece in my drill and I hold the sandpaper on it. So it's almost like a lathe because mm. I want that thing to be round so I can move it like that. And that'll stay on there for, for, for the whole of the finishing. And eventually that core will help bring it all together to give my piece a nice rigid finish so that when I cast it, I'm not going to snap the thing, pulling it out of the molds and all that sort of stuff. So trying to reduce my work, and that works really well for the round objects as well. Is you can get amazingly round balls out of that, but it's sanding the original print pretty roughly with like a sort of a 200 um, grit, mm -hmm. and then hitting it with some filler primer, sanding it again, going over it with some um, the Tamiya modeling putty. Like a lot of it gets used for a little yeah. bit as opposed to like Bondo. A lot of people use Bondo, but man, that stuff stinks so bad. Um, isn't yeah. particularly great for you. And, in, and the mixing two components, like you can get the Bondo sort of stuff that is a, in a single tub. Um, but yeah, using the little Tamiya modeling putty just fills in perfectly and the sand that guy and it dries ridiculously quick. And yeah. Then, yeah. A lot of the um, auto body filler primers I've been using. Yep, I just get, started. Like, yeah, we can't get a lot of the different um, paint fillers that the States seem to get. Like we don't, I, I've never found the Rust-Oleum Mm -hmm. um, filler primer. Then again, there's, there's debate on whether it's any good anyway, but we get a lot of the other Rust-Oleum products. We don't get that one. So now I'm just using like a super cheap auto, which is just a general auto shop here. They have their rebranded whatever. It's like, all right, cool. I just spray that and um, have a go from there and then just sand, 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 wet sanding. That's the, the way wet to go. Sanding. And eventually get up to like 1200 grit sort of stuff. All right, sweet. Now, now it's, now it's time to probably get this thing ready for molding, but Dude, I would have hundred grit. That's so, yeah. That's like well, I paper. I think this. I think this. Yeah, pretty much. Don't worry. I think. I think the original sword. I was even using some fifteen hundred, and now I've decided. You know what? Fifteen hundred is a bit of bit of a push. It's almost. <laughs> amazing. I may as well be licking it with my tongue at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. So, yeah, like I got up to four hundred, and it was already so smooth. And I was yeah. like, "There's no way I can go any higher than that." You know, the crazy thing is like, and, and like. Look, looking up close and then using your camera to get in and go, oh, I can see an imperfection there, but which used to drive me absolutely nuts. I need to fill that little gap, and which, which was a major stopping point. The, the, the reason these swords took far too long to release was that I was far too worried about them being perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I was listened in, I was painting, painting the laundry uh, end of 2021, 20, and I was listening to a story or an audio book by, um, the the art of war mm -hmm. no the war the war of art sorry that's it okay. the war of art Stephen Pressfield um, and he talks about the resistance and what stops you from actually executing on all these things and it basically called out all my bullshit of trying to yeah. get this thing to be perfect it didn't need to be perfect it just needed to be done yeah which is the new attitude that I'm trying to take to everything I I want that level and I want it to be amazing but I need to actually check myself and say it, it doesn't need to be insane quality nothing else coming out of lego was ever perfect anyway there's marks on everything mm -hmm. um but yeah get, getting over getting over that need myself to get it out there which has this year allowed me to mold modeled up a whole bunch of things i dropped a reel today showing all the crazy stuff that i've got coming out because it's been too hot in the shed to cast anything so summer in australia we've had one hell of a normalish january but february here has been really quite warm so far bizarrely and if you're trying to cast because i use a lot of um quick cure so like seven mm -hmm. or eight minutes in the heat it just goes nuts like, like two minutes three, yeah you got yeah. three minutes max and so the sword's an interesting one because i pour in like 
40 to 50 mils into that. Um, and then I'm rotating it by hand and then basically coating all the sides and then prepping my next bit, doing another batch of about 40 or 50, rotating that one, trying to, to, to lock in one side of the handle and then I'm pouring in the filler, which is usually another 50, 60 mils of resin. So it's, she's a pretty chunky, chunky weighted sword. Those ones, yeah. the, shields are, the, shield, the shields are worse because they're, they're, they're even, even more solid, but um, yeah, in the, in in the joys of summer, there's no way I'd manage to get any of that done. So I've just been trying to actually just model more up, print more out, finish more up. Um, so yeah, there's been lots of sanding in the last couple of weeks. So are you sticking? I mean, taking on something like Lego is tough, right? Lego's been around forever. They've got so many pieces out. So are you finding yourself like you want to stick with? Um, just the weapons because my initial thought is like one of my favorite lego pieces of all time was the shark because it was such a simplistic like it had that and then the mouth open and that was it um do you find yourself moving towards anything else other than the weapons yeah so i've been working on the harry potter wand which yeah it looks it looks the wrong size that is the same size as the swords but they look so small because of the way in which they hold it which Mm -hmm. is interesting um, which was mainly for, um, there was a charity drive here in Australia um, for pit makers in general to make wands to um, auction off for kids in um, hospital and mm-hmm. bits and pieces like that. So I, I started making a 10 to 1 size, which is absolutely massive in comparison. Um, and then I went, all right, cool, maybe I should make a couple of the 8 to 1s and I can give some of the profits from that to the charity as well. So that guy's... That guy's ready for for molding at the moment, so I'll probably drop some silicon on that this weekend. Um, the pirate cutlass to go with yeah, the pirate sword. Hell yeah, hell I've modelled that guy up. That's that's just straight filler primer on that at the moment. So I still need to do a many many hours of sanding. So I'll probably just sit in the shed one evening watching the Premier League and just sand sand away, try and keep myself busy. Yeah. Um, and then I have had for ages, and it's been on the list, but because of because of trying to reduce the amount of resin, I've been making a rotocaster in the summer as well. So to, to try and reduce reduce the amount of resin I have to pump into these things and also decrease the amount of bubbles because I'm not using a pressure pot for everything because I'm just rotating it by hand because it's so big. To try and get a pressure pot to put some of these casts in would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shed the shed heads. Hell yeah. Like the, uh, the little so magnets good. that I did come off these guys. And so getting these guys right, but I want them to be able to plug in and hold themselves. So at the moment they're a bit loose. So I'm still working on the internal structures of those. Um, and then the helmets that'll match. Oh those. my gosh. That helmet's insane. This, this is the helmet as, for me as a head, the, the medieval little nose bridge is the, the, the iconic Lego castle helmet for me. Um, and so getting getting a helmet where it'll plug into the hats and do all those bits and pieces is like the the big the big end goal. And trying to learn how to 3D model the helmets has been the biggest problem because they've got the internal structures as well that mm. I have to try and get the measurements of. But now that I've got those figured, it's it's actually enabled me to model all these up a lot better. They, this, it was it was the learning tool to work yeah. out how to model the rest of it because everything is eight to one scale. So the 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 end goal, who knows what year that happens, is there will be an eight to one full size figure. 
and all of the shit that I've made is going to fit it. Did you just see so. the excitement that like built up? Yeah, in me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love I love letting people just realize that this, 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 this I'm not making stuff. I'm making a system. This right. Is the, this is the shed system. It's the the Lego system. It's now a shed system because I'm I want. I want my figure to come out at eight to one. So you've seen how big the sword is. Can you imagine how big this figure is? In yeah. Comparison? Like everyone's making these 3D printed ones and they're, they're awesome and they're yeah. good size. Mine are going to be physically bigger than those because it's going to be like 40 centimeters, I think, tall once they've got a head on them. Yeah. Which is just crazy. And but my yeah, well, like my wife was asking when I got the sword. So she was like, what do you, like, how do you, what do you do with that? And I was like, listen, art is art, leave me alone. But, <laughs> but um, she was like, but how do you, how would you even show that it's here? Like, it, are you going to leave it in the box? I said, yeah, for the time being, yep. um, the dream that I've had is like um, getting a, a Lego hand printed. And then the back is like a screw or something that goes in my wall. And then I can like put it out. Um, and she was like, oh, that's cool. Like you should, that would be great to see. But now that I know that a one eight scale figures come in. Which is going to take time. That being right. said, and, and I already, already um, blew beat of the Jay's mind the other week um, on Toys Alive was the fact that um, I've already got that hand and I've already got a plug system sorted. I just need to work out how I am attaching it to a wall so that all this stuff can be mounted on a wall or on a fridge. Because I want I, my plan is magnets. Magnets, magnets blew my mind mm -hmm. with what you can do with them. So I want to actually have it so that you could say, say you've got your fridge there and you can magnetize a stud that the a hand-like piece is going to connect in, and then your your sword is just going to sit in there, or your shield, or whatever bit it is, will go into that, and then. Yeah, whether it's a two two screws and then a little hand that slots in, and just trying to work out the mechanics for a wall point um, is is the sticking factor. But I th think I've sorted it out because the worst thing is you stick it on the wall and it likes to rotate. So we're trying to work out how to how do we keep this thing from keeping nice and ninety degrees where we want it. So right, my yeah. initial thought is um, on the back of like when you want to mount something, sometimes it's like. Like if you take a cylinder, they'll like cut the bottom and the screw goes in and then goes up a slot and stops. Yeah, yeah. But like that's – I'm glad that I'm on the same wavelength that you yep, guys yep, already yep. had it going because I uh, – that stuff like I envision that if it's a 1-8 scale, you're not shipping that to me as a 1-8 scale figure. You're like here's an arm. Here's yeah. a leg. And a lot of the process has been like like the heads. I've had I've I've three D printed the heads on my own FDM printer a year and a half, two years ago, and I went, "Cool, that's awesome!" And I finished it up to a, a decent level. And then when we had the um, when the Melbourne, this is not a toy store, had a big new show, the first show after the lockdowns and all that, and I had six swords and four shields, and this was the this was the unveiling of the first stuff. These were the first bits and pieces to hit anywhere let alone online and i went down there and chipta who yeah. is one of the the main brains who you've got to get in to have a chat to yeah um, he said dude if you're making these if you're making these heads you better be putting something on the top that's like lego and i said really and he goes yeah yeah man it's got to have it so i came back home and went all right cool i need to 
you'd rip off the Lego Lego font and get it done. And it, it, it was one of the few that I've actually um, commissioned out to a resin printer mm-hmm. to actually get it to get the quality of the lettering because FDM printer is just not quite enough and the amount of sanding I would have and filling. So that got me that piece. But it was like, all right, cool, I need to rotocast this thing. It's going to be too heavy to complete be a complete solid resin. And then all right, it has its own complications because of the negative space. And the minifigs themselves, to be able to do a torso and the legs, um, to be able to get them cast, it's going to be an absolute mission to work out the molding process for all of that. Um, but I'm working on how do I do this in the shower, drawing all over the drawing over the the fogged out glass of ideas of how 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 can I pour this and actually have this and negative space. But yeah, yeah, to try and reduce that weight and but have that functionality because I want that click. I want that feeling of it doesn't i don't want it to be just fall over and everything falls apart i want a solid solid amount of connection friction between those pieces so eventually eventually that fig will be there but it's a work in process and the physical getting to there like building the rotocaster like it's a diy rotocaster that i've made and I'm having a few issues with the gears going around yeah. and, the, and the chain not falling. Initially, I was going to use timing belts, um, and I'd found some online sort of stuff. And the timing belt was just trying to get hold of that in Australia was near impossible. I had to convert all the measurements from from American to Australian sort of setup as it was because we don't yeah. use inches over here. And so trying to get gears. And then so my brother fortunately works a lot with bikes. So I've got him coming over, and he's going to help me work out some gears to try and get this thing solidly working. Um, but that'll be the way to get the next the next bit piece to work on that eventual goal of yes I'll have minifigs and hey if it all takes off maybe then I can leave a couple of these minifigs somewhere in Brisbane or in some other city in Australia as a bit of street art so eventually I'll reach that goal that I had from from watching that movie to go I'm gonna have a bit of street art dude you're gonna have to have your own documentary called like exit through the shed or something (laughs) yeah so sick i you know um what's fun about lego um is that like at some point their um if i remember correctly their copyrights and everything lapsed and they didn't pick them up right away and so people started producing and doing whatever so it seems like you're kind of shielded in making this stuff a little bit, right? Who knows? Like, I that's what my mom and my family always say. Oh, aren't you gonna get in trouble for this? And I go, they haven't maybe. Said anything yet. They haven't said anything yet. They haven't yeah. said anything yet. And Lego are pretty harsh. They are. They. I mean, there used to be so many 3D models on Thingiverse. Thingiverse mm-hmm. was full of them. And then next minute, one day, all gone. They were all pulled. And then people have been getting cease and desist for even making videos about how to make this sort of stuff, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's an amazing guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, from um, in Europe that makes extra big stuff. Like he's done a full knight's helmet so that he can physically wear. He puts a lot of electronics into the, some of the, the guns and all that sort of bits and pieces. And um, even he was like, yeah, I'm not going to release my files anymore because Lego came knocking. And so, you know what, they, they might come knocking um, yeah. we'll see what happens um but at the moment i'm not i mean i'm not making that much stuff that it should be anything and as as a few other people have said it should all, they should almost just go thank you because the quality of wise i'm not pushing out something that's that's look looks anywhere near as bad as the dodgy lego that is getting sold all over the world right that isn't that isn't lego um and there's so many more bricks now i think i think the painting for the the two by four 
went early on and that was their main brick and now you just you, you find all those rip off dodgy yeah. bricks in all the stores i mean even target is selling yeah. those, those rip off bricks now it's like wow yeah we, we have think a about how old lego is yeah which is crazy right we have a dollar store that is um I don't know how this company gets away with it. Usually the knockoffs have something different about them. There's something that's just a little off, but the knockoffs that they're sold at this like dollar store here, they work perfectly with regular Legos. And it's like, how are you able to even do this? Yeah. And the, the amount of different base plates yeah. you can now buy that are rip off, rip off base plates and a magnitude of colors. Whereas Lego were quite, strict with the colors that they release certain things in and it's like everyone's just like no i'm gonna release this 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 yeah and there's a lot i mean there are there are lots of other online guys that are making their own figs and making their own actual accessories like a whole bunch of period specific army and a whole bunch of guys that do castle but proper medieval style with all kitted out with the amazing printing techniques that they're using they're obviously getting away with it but yeah who knows? Yeah. If, if Lego come knocking, they'll come knocking. But <laughs> my initial thought, like, because your brain starts to race, right? Like, Lego has done so many pieces, and there's, it's hard to think of something they haven't done, but it would be like, how cool to develop something like a He Man set of Legos or like. Um... Have you seen the Voltron? No, I haven't. Do they have oh. a Lego version of Voltron? Yeah. It is insane. Oh. I need yeah. to go find that. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know how to describe, like you have opened up this world that um, doesn't really exist to so many of us. Like I had Lego when I was little, but I was more consumed in action figures. So I didn't yep. stick there. Yep. Um, but now, like now I use Lego just to mold and cast with, like I don't do anything yeah. else with it. Yep. But so when you look at the work that you do and you look at this resin art toy scene and all kinds of stuff and and hearing um, th those cool guys from this is not a toy store, like talk about how they love your work and how you should do stuff. Where do you see – how do you see that you fit? Like what does it feel like to fit so perfectly in that scene, making someone something that no one else does? Yeah, I mean every – it's amazing. Like the the store in Melbourne is insane. I haven't yet got to the new store, but the amount of new artists that they're constantly getting in, mm -hmm. like I don't know the proper stats of how many. I reckon they must have sixty plus different artists that have been featured through the shop. Now that's just the surround. They don't have international stuff. The only time international work's shown is if it's in there as part of a hey, we've all bought this particular thing from this amazing maker. There were all Australian guys are going to commission to basically make it their version of, and they'll show that. Yeah. So the fact that we've got such a big, we've got people that are making extra large um, Furbies, um, crazy, oh. crazy Furbies. So you should see some of the Furbies. I know how much you love your Furby stuff now. <laughs> some of the stuff that are down there with what some of the makers are doing with those are just crazy. Um, and general art for, for a lot of the, um, comic book stuff they started to get into too so we've got small runs of comics they've got the e-magazine e sort of stuff and then the zine and the, the, the amount of different stuff in that shop is amazing and so yeah. to feel to, a to have gone and, and been able to exit with those guys and then have them ex so excited like Kipter and aj just like love the sword and it's like oh cool i, I feel 
I feel accepted by this new family, which is good. Yeah. And um, then seeing everything else and then like having seen Titty's stuff for ages and then going down there and getting to display right next to him and actually put a physical face to the name and, and, and to see this community just growing in Australia and it's just next step, next step, next step. And the guys in Melbourne are driving it absolutely like a Formula One driver. They are, they're doing such a bang up job because I mean, we had the, the speeder, the speeder builds. So we all got our bootleg, um, Star Wars speeders that we all had to modify. You had to have two two figures that go with this speeder, and we just got a very raw cast. Mm-hmm. And they displayed that down there in one of the big, big, big toy shops down in Melbourne, independent toy shops, Lobos Collectibles, who have commissioned work from other people to make even runs of other other toy lines that never got created for different movies. But they displayed it, and then they created the book out of it, and the book is absolutely amazing, showing all these speeders. And I didn't get to the show, so to have the book there as a reference material, um, just to see what everyone did was just awesome. And that was my first real dip into art toy, like making a custom, because I hadn't released my swords at that stage. And then the next one was the Battle Cat Project. Yeah. The Battle, like, I mean, day one of day one of the exhibition for the the speeders there was already rumors that we're doing battle cat next and next minute just seeing this thing and just going to town on a battle cat and just seeing what 40 plus artists across the country can come back with 40 different wildly different ideas that all just go oh that is so cool what is this master deep in the darkest corners of our digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways <laughs> they are making a mutant The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. <laughs> Join making a mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. Yeah. Um, was awesome. And like, ever since I came across the toy, toy world of bootlegging, I had this weird thought, I want to make a Muppets Masters of the Universe. I go, that would be hilarious. Can you imagine Miss Piggy and Kermit and all those guys as He-Man and all those sorts of bits and pieces? So when they had the Battle Cat come, I went, all right, I've got my idea. I'm making <laughs> I'm making, I'm making a, a Rizzo Battle Rat. Yeah. And and then Gonzo had to be Skeletor-based. So it was like, cool, I'm... I'm and that was my first ever go of doing some actual hand sculpting with um, epoxy sculpt mm-hmm. and making the faces and then ripping apart a Stratos figure and making that, sending it down to the shop. was so proud of that one. I, I actually felt like a cool, I've, this, this piece here, like the speeder was great and I enjoyed that. I'd, I'd gone the, the little people style for trying to accessorize that, but I wanted, wanted this battle cat to be there and then to have it, sold that evening i was like oh my gosh this is this is cool and then i found out when i went down to the exhibition that lobo's the 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 owner of lobo's border and now it's in the toy shop as just a display piece just blew my mind i went oh my god this is this is just so good to be able to have found the community and people that that enjoy this style of art because other people look at this sword stuff and all these lego things and they're like what the hell are you doing um it, it it was 
something that I hadn't spoken about at work. No one knew about it at work. And, and it, one person found out, and the next minute they told a bunch of other people, and oh, here we go. And they all hit me up. There, this is awesome. I went, oh my God, finally. I'm, I'm sure that wouldn't be the same necessarily uh, comments you'd get 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, art in general was just meant to be hung on a wall. It wasn't meant to be anything else. So yeah. the fact that a wider audience are now looking at this and being accepting of that and what they decide to put value on is a hell of a lot better than it used to be. But um, yeah, that having the Melbourne guys driving it and what we're working on now with the new show, yeah, uh, my my little phony. So we oh. got our, yeah, and it's gonna be. <laughs> I got my ponies yesterday, and yeah. oh my god! So I ended up buying. I ended up getting two of the two of the cars. So um, yeah, I'm I'm actually Legoing these ponies. I'm gonna make Lego knights on their horses. Um, so it'll be probably two to three times the normal size of a Lego for those guys. But yeah, and that, that show will come out in March, mid-March. Mm. I think the show is down there, but that'll be at the new store. And then eventually they'll get the book done for that because the Battle Cat book um, came out uh, last month and it looks awesome too. And I'm pretty sure there's still some copies of that um, on their website too. So if, yeah. you, if you're wanting to see some amazing Battle Cats, that's the book to get. The, 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 yeah. the fact that these guys are just... A hundred percent, just yeah, pushing, pushing, pushing is so good. They've got so many different shows they've got sorted. It's amazing. Yeah, they, you know what's crazy? They like, they're geniuses, right? They, the way that they say, like, yeah, we just we're pushing Australian artists. That's it. And the rest of us in the world see these dope toy shows that are happening, and it's like, how do we, how do we do this? And they're like, yeah. sorry, like you're not included in this. And it's they're such cool guys, and they're pushing forward a scene that didn't exist that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny because um, Fletch, who who you had on, I came across his channel during COVID, mm. um, and he was it was just on how to he he likes to sound like crazy too. He mm -hmm. has a he has an issue just like myself, um, and I came across one of his YouTube videos, and I went, wait a minute, not only is there a toy scene. <laughs> There's a toy scene in Australia. Yeah. God damn it, it's in Melbourne. It's a mile away. God. And then trying to, and then I, then there's little sprinklings of people in Sydney. I'm yet to find enough people in Brisbane. Um, there are a couple of makers in and around, but it's growing, and they're getting they're getting new ones across all the time. And the guys did a show in Sydney last year too, and that was massive. They want to go across the country, having pop up shows at all the major states to yeah to, to to grow the scene and yeah it's it's amazing what those guys are doing for it and the the energy they have between between fletch aj and chipter is amazing and all the other people that help out because the shop doesn't run without a whole bunch of other people i wanted to get down there uh just because like i i want to see what's happening like I wasn't here for the beginnings of this scene in the U.S. It, like I missed it by like fourteen years, but now yep. like we're seeing this awakening, um, and I'm like in, in these different spots. Like I just heard um, this morning of the second guy in Israel to be making toys. Like I yeah, which is like two out of a whole country is just insane yeah. and so yeah. yeah at some point i want to get down there if there's some kind of like comic-con or something version well, if these boys keep on pushing like they are like they've got the they've had the this is not a toy scene which is where they had their different their different shows yeah eventually we got the shop into in melbourne and we we're, 
which was amazing. And now they've moved on from there because of the way things came out of COVID. They had access to those um, the shop fronts there. Now they've moved into this new place and they've got actual display spaces upstairs and working spaces out the back. And which is they've been doing ages, how learning how to basically bootleg, basically even kit bash yourself a figure from all these random bits. And then the week after that, they're teaching you how to mold. The week after that, they're doing some painting and casting sort of stuff. So they every every time they run a show, every time they have a thing there, they're bringing in new blood, people that are interested in it. So it's just growing, and they're they're the ones that are growing the scene because of how much they're willing to give the community. There's so much. There's no information that those guys aren't willing to give. There's, right. there's no there's no secrets that we need to hold on to tightly which is great and it's pretty good about the scene there i mean there are areas that may not want to share stuff but the majority of it has been so open to bits and pieces yeah dude it's been so good having you on here i love having international artists on toys on it's one of my favorite things um what having listening in every week to your podcast, hearing the stories around what toys they grew up with is is so inspiring to go out to the shed, throw another podcast on and just listen away and build away is so good. Yeah. You know, every once in a while I get a message um from someone and they're like, Hey, just found the podcast. I've been binging it. Um, I'm like twenty episodes in. And it's like, don't don't do that to yourself. Like 20 episodes in when you just find the podcast that's that's like 20 hours of just us yeah like chill out like maybe don't do that but perfect filler yeah (laughs) but as we like come to the end my favorite part of every episode is um the artist getting to plug everything about themselves and and what they got going on and what's down the pipeline, what they got, what they're going to sell, if they can get commissions done, all that stuff. So this last part of the podcast is just for you to plug all that stuff. Cool. So yeah, I'm mostly active on Instagram. I don't post a heap on my Instagram as a, as the normal feed. Lots of stuff go into my um, stories and I try and save those stories depending on what sort of stuff they're related to. Like the Lego one there is just full of the whole process that I go through because I want to share that process. This year, I want to put more reels in on the on the behind the scenes of the the molding stuff. Um, so there will be more more content there to show. I've got so many pieces on the go at the moment. I've got some three D printer matrix molds that I'm going to try and use, um, which I want to bring across from these prop makers that use it and make great great ways of reducing the amount of silicon because goddamn that stuff's expensive. Yeah. Um, and then my website, which has been shedquartercreations.com, which was built by myself so i've been slowly working on that in the background so that i could get everything done um and yeah there's there's plenty more to come and always always open to people's suggestions on what lego piece should be next because there's so much yeah but um i've got five in the pipeline at the moment and um and there might there there might be a star wars related thing coming towards the end of this year there we go and um yeah that's 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 where i'm at reach out always happy to have a chat and um discuss what your favorite lego sets were i'm always always interested to see what what resonates with people for for lego sets for that nostalgia feel here's all i can say if you get me a one to eight scale of a lego figure a minifigure then i'm gonna need a one eight scale horse that my minifigure can sit on so don't you imagine the size of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't gonna, start creating. You need a corner of the room. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, thank you again for jumping on and, and making it work. 
uh, with time zones and all that stuff. It means the world. Much pleasure, mate. Finally, a reason to go back to the office. Introducing 9 to 5 Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up. Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. It every day from nine to five. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in.